Hey, what a blessing it is to be here today with family on today. I'm truly excited about what God is doing here, uh, what God is doing uh, all around the earth. Um, great. I felt the love and the hugs today when I came in today. So uh, I just want to be comfortable today. Uh, I am at home. Amen. Uh, so um, I want to deal with some things. Let me just say this. Um, I certainly thank God for uh, Pastor Josh and Pastor Lindsay. Uh, just a great vision, uh, great ministry, great work that is happening uh, right here in Jennings. I, I really sense in the spirit some great things are coming. I feel like this church, this ministry, is getting ready to take over this city. Amen? Amen. Hey, amen. Hey, you, you, you can't preach messages like Flight, Fight Club and, and not be ready for a fight. Amen? Right. Hey, amen. So um, I'm honored to be here today. So I'm going to take my time. I'm going to get comfortable and hopefully share some things with you guys that I believe is going to bless your life. A little bit about, about me. Uh, I had the opportunity, uh, born... Uh, in Lafayette, Louisiana, opportunity to uh, pastor while in college, uh, been in ministry for uh, over 20 years. Uh, I have a heart for the hardest areas in our city. Uh, every place I've been, I always try to find where the most crime is, where the most poverty is, and begin to attack that area uh, for Jesus. So 20 years, uh, I've been serving the Lord, been married, I'm married now, um, over 19 years, so I'm gonna just kinda introduce myself. I have a picture of my beautiful family uh, that you're gonna see right here on the screen. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I figure uh, it's our first date today, so I wanna you know, uh, tell you a little bit about me, right? So uh, that's my baby bar in the middle, that's Dylan. I call him the scientist, right? And uh, he's always figuring something out. And then I have DJ Junior, uh, I think one of the pictures here, yeah. Uh, the guy, the kid on the right, he's a um, football star, basketball star. He is uh, 17 touchdowns thrown um, in a season. But that's not the, the greatest thing about him is that his heart is so amazing. Uh, he's pure. He loves God. He's a better man than I was at his age. So I'm honored uh, for that. And then my daughter, Christian, uh, she's 17 years old. Pray for me, please. Uh, pray, pray earnestly for me, please. And, uh, uh, but she has an amazing call of God on her life. I mean, probably the most call that we feel out of all the babies in our home. So that's Christian. Then that's my bride, uh, my wife, who I had the privilege to... Uh, lead her to Christ, meet her in college campus, and uh, she's been loving me, I've been loving her. I say we like number 10. I'm zero, you one, but together we 10. Okay, y'all get that later, amen. So she certainly upgrades me. So it's, it's, it's a privilege to walk with God and to see God do so many great things when you truly give him your life, amen. And, and today, I, I just want to uh, share something that I believe is going to truly bless this church. Uh, it has blessed my life when I've understood the power of this particular message. So I need your help today, um, and I love the energy today, right? So uh, my message is entitled, um, We All We Need, right? Uh, so, so do me a favor, say, neighbor, neighbor. we all we need. Right, so when you hear me say the words, uh, we all we need, and in return back to me, you say, we all we got. All right? So I'll, let's practice real quickly. Uh, like, what side is my favorite side? I'm, I'm not sure yet. Right here? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So if I say, we all we need. We all we need. 
All right, some of you are like, what did he just say? Okay, that's, that's one more time for the slow bus, right? For the slow bus. All right, here, 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 here we go. So, we all we need. All right, so this is what I want to talk about today. And I promise you, if you get these kingdom principles, it may change uh, the scope of your ministry as how you approach community, uh, God, uh, and service. Amen. Let us pray real quickly in the house of the Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to preach this word today. Father, we are honored to be here. We thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. We pray, God, that you begin to enlarge their mind, their ministry, their capacity to love and interpret all the things that God has put inside of us. God, thank you, God, for bringing us together for family, for community, and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We all we need. Okay, good, praise the Lord. So today, I wanna talk about something very important that I believe uh, to me and through prayer and revelation, um, something called the root system that God wants to develop us in the secret place with him. Um, Oftentimes in our lives, in your life, the foundation, before you can build anything great, the foundation has to be well. And so God will never do more for you on the outside than what's on the inside. In other words, he's not interested in blessing your vision, but he's more interested in investing your root and your foundation. He will never do more for you on the outside than what's on the inside. So today, our root system is important in understanding all that God wants to do in our life. And I tell people over and over again, we are expecting God to do great things, but the great work that he wants to do is in our hearts. And and before he blesses a church, a ministry, a person, he has to build the thing that's on the inside. So we want to talk about, in essence, the root before the fruit. Because oftentimes in any person's life, you get the fruit before you get the root. Sometimes that fruit is bad, and then sometimes it's good. But it is the capacity to be developed in the secret place is where God builds our ministry. So today we're going to look at David's life. Today we're going to talk about the foundation of understanding how to build something that God can build his foundation on. How many of you would want God or want God to trust you with a greater anointing, a greater influence, greater increase? Just one person. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. But but what I love about God is that he would never do for me anything that I can't handle. And and, and it's a trip, y'all, because I, I believe God for great things, but he has to start me in the foundation to where he can develop me. So he develops me in the secret place. And today I have a a few things here, a couple plants, uh, and I want to talk about each one of these plants because all of us are a product of our root system or the lack thereof. Are you feeling me today? All right? And and so we look at David's life, and we know David's story. 
um, of being the king and busting Goliath in the head with a rock, right? You know, uh, some of you know him just as a head buster, but he was so much more than a head buster. Amen. How many real gangsters in, in, in Jennings? Okay, I got a few gangsters. <laughs> Amen. And, and so we, 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 we see David's life, but we don't often pay attention to the details of how God spotlights his life. And oftentimes we criticize him for his fall, but it tells us that David was anointed like me and you. He was just anointed with issues. Amen. And, and, and he was anointed, but he had issues, right? Uh, can we be honest today? Because I feel like I'm family, and uh, he was anointed with issues. But there was something about David that, that God did in Luke 8, 11 in regards to the word. He built David in the secret place, and he built the foundation on the word. Uh, and this is why, church, that it's important for us to have a relationship with God's word so we can understand God's plan, his mind, right, right? So I, I love Christians who say I love God, but never have a relationship with his word. And the reason why God chose David, because David wanted to learn God's word. So you hear David say things like this, God, I have hid the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, okay, hold on a second. You say, the, the guy said y'all was sleeping, but let me make, make sure, right? right? So, so David's foundation was anchored on God's word. And you find throughout scripture, throughout David's life, him echoing God's word. So in Luke 8, 11, if we're going to build any foundation, we have to build it on God's word. Amen. Uh, 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 now, I know that may sound religious or it may sound cute. Uh, you're a preacher. You're supposed to say that, right? Read your Bible. No, it is so much more than just reading my Bible. These are the words of life. And I don't understand how we can do life without having the words of life. Amen. 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 So, so David, in, in this transition, he realized, uh, and God knew be, before he can trust David with the kingdom, he had to trust David in the cave. And I just wanna kinda of build something to Dave. That's all right, I'm building, I'm working on something, right? So before David can take over for Saul, and in and, and, and David's life, Saul 22, where, where David was running from Saul, uh, he was once serving Saul from running from Saul. But he had battles in the quiet places where he learned to fight lions, tigers, and bears. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, learned, he learned those things. He was not only a man who was passionate about worship, but he was a man of great grit and courage. Ladies, if you're any single ladies, all my single ladies, all my single ladies. Oh, 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 okay. If, if, if you're going to get someone who, who's going to treat you right, find you a man that knows how to be intimate with God. Who, if he knows how to worship God, then you got somebody, baby. Amen. Versus the six foot tall, fine brother you've seen in the workout. If you see him prostrate on his knees, you got something because prayer will move him faster than his money or his smell or his good looks. If he knows how to pray, you got something. I'm not going to charge you for that. That's free. <laughs> but, but, but watch this, y'all. 
Y'all stop, please. They're not going to let me come back. Stop. <laughs> so David went from running from something he was serving. And the Bible says in Samuel that David ran for his life. He ran into a certain cave. And in that cave, they had men, 400 of them. And the Bible gives a snapshot, not Snapchat, gives a snapshot of what was taking place in the cave. These men were distressed. These men were discouraged. These men were broke. And here comes King David, or appointed king, running into a cave. And the Bible later says that David became their champion. Somebody say champion. So all of the story of David's glory happens through the tests and the trials that he was able to overcome through bumping his head and learning through error, God developed him in a cave. Can I tell you, nothing great is built unless it's built in the secret place. And if you can do something with this, David, then the kingdom won't be a problem. And this is why it's important that you feel Pastor DK today because I believe God wants to do great things for all of us, but he would not do greater for us than what's on the inside. And if on the inside we still have issues that God is trying to work out in our lives, then why should he trust us with all the money of the scratch tickets that you got by? <laughs> Watch this. Why should he trust us if when we get it, we leave him when we get it. So God wanted to know that David, when you get the kingdom, you won't leave me. Because with the kingdom comes glory and fame and influence. So can you lead these men who are depressed, distressed, bankrupt? In the words that he became their championing. What was God doing? He was developing David on the inside. He built him in the cave. Listen, can I tell you, the place where I pastor the Harvest Center Church on Simcoe, it's not the easiest place to pastor. In one year, we had 64 murders through gun violence. It's not often that we can have a Bible study and hear gunshots ring across the street. I have people who say, Pastor, I love you, but I ain't going on Simcoe. I'm not going on Simcoe. I love you, Pastor. And to go to a place like that and feel confident that God has called you there and not judge it because of how it looks, but love it for the potential that it has. And, 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 and can I tell you that these men had a right to be judged based upon the spectators of their lives. Who, everyone who knew them knew something bad about them. But can I tell you every trial, every text, that you and I encounter God is building our root system. He's building root before fruit. And this is why we can't play with him in this hour. This is why we can't play with God in this hour. We need to be real with ourselves about ourselves and be able to be our own worst critics. But, but watch this now. God uses three things to develop a man, a woman of God. Three sorrows I want to talk about. And I'll be out your way because I'm tired of y'all already. Amen. <laughs> You know, I? Three things I want to talk about today. Uh, intimacy, service, and last community. These three things is where God developed David. 
In these three areas, God wants to develop us as well. Is that okay? All right, amen, amen. So in Psalms 91, our first dealing today, and I have a few little plans. I thank God for you guys, uh, um, you guys serve team here who, she said, Pastor, I'm gonna get you some plants. I said, find me a ghetto plant, like something, something that grow in the hood or something. Like go by Pookie House and grab one of these plants. <laughs> so everybody see what this says here. It says intimacy, all right? Say it with me, intimacy. Yeah, yeah, this is very important. All right, everybody see that, okay? Everybody see that, very important. Psalms 91, verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High should abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Watch this. Matthew 6, verse 6 says, if it's on the screen, it talks about how God only answers you in the secret place. It says, when you pray, go into the room and shut the door, and your father who sees in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Psalms 91 says, if you dwell in the secret place, Matthew 6, New Testament, says he will answer you when you pray in the closet. So intimacy, in essence, is one of the most important things that we can have with God. You and I were created to worship. Mm. And can I tell you, the most important part of service, you would think, is the word. But the most important part of service is worship. We worship first, and as a secondary consequence of the fall of man, we need the word to be rebuilt. You follow me? So we worship first, we get the word for instructions, but in the original sense, we were created to worship. In Genesis, God came into the garden because he wanted to spend time with Adam and Eve. They heard his verse, his voice, which means that he talked to them before. Intimacy is very important in our soul. I remember when I first made gumbo, and I called my mom, and I said, I'm going to make some gumbo, and I don't need your help. <laughs> Because I, I watch her make gumbo. Is, is this a gumbo-eating church? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure because I, I, I have to ask pastor about, is this an LSU tiger church? Yeah. Or is it, is it a, you know, crimson tiger? I wouldn't show. Okay, all right, yeah, because I didn't, I brought extra security just in case. I, <laughs> and watch this. I remember when I first made gumbo and, and I thought I had it all together. I had the roux. I, I, I had all of the ingredients and, and, and then I was making it, making it and moving fast. And I, I thought I made a great gumbo. And when I went to taste the gumbo, I mean, it, it, it tasted horrible. And I like, what did I do wrong? I'm a Cajun boy. Everybody, I make gumbo. And I called my mom, I said, Mom, what's it, what's it, my, something wrong with my gumbo? She said, well, walk me through what you did. So I began to tell her, I said, well, I grabbed, I grabbed, the, I grabbed the flour, and then I, I did this, and I browned it, and this and that. She said, well, what does it taste like? It doesn't taste like roux. It doesn't, it, it tastes like something else. She said, well, look at your ingredients. Well, I realized that instead of grabbing flour, I grabbed a little bit of baking soda, 
and I wonder why this gumbo was all messed up. I couldn't figure. But the revelation hit me. What goes in in the beginning can mess up what happens on the end. And, and, and this is why DK is telling you the first thing that you ought to do with God is be intimate with him because if you don't put that in your foundation in the beginning, it's going to be hard to pull your flesh back. And, and, and please, God bless the praise team who sings their heart out and you look at them like they're sucking lemon. Amen. I'm not talking about you. I'm just, I mean, I'm not talking about you if you're watching here live. On, I'm talking about you if you're watching. Nobody, everybody in here is perfect if you watch it live. Amen. But, but I, what happens in the beginning determines what you get in the end. So if you haven't been taught to worship and have intimacy with God, then the thing you're going to depend on is the flesh. More than you depend on having intimacy with God. And the first call of God on you in our life was not for us to preach, serve, or work the parking lot. It was to come and be with him. Okay, I'm about to come down here and fight somebody for real. Like, amen. Watch this. The first call was for us to be with him. But in, in, in the Western culture, we are taught in this culture that serving God is a replacement for loving on God. And oftentimes we get burnt out doing things for God because we don't have time spent with him. Oh, Malta, Malta, you worry, you worry, you worry about too many things. But Mary had a secret agreement. She said when the father shows up, ooh, I feel like preaching. When the father shows up, I can't do nothing but sit at his feet. Because intimacy would do something for me that no advice from man can. Okay, all right. Have you ever called your best friend when you were going through something and she gave you or he gave you that worldly corner advice that you was more confused when you got off the phone before you made the phone call? Amen. I told you in Matthew 6, the Bible says, watch this church, that Jesus will answer you in the secret place. It's important to understand that our root system should be planted in intimacy. If we can do anything else in this last hour, we can spend more time in prayer. But pastor, prayer is boring. I want you to preach to me, pastor. Go pastor, it's your birthday. Go pastor, it's your birthday. No, 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 no. Can I tell you where battles are won? They won in the moments where you got on your knees and said, God, if you don't help me out of this situation. God, if you don't. I, I thought I was in Jennings, y'all. Amen. Amen. And, and this is important to understand that when you abide in God's love, you are, you are less likely to fall under the influence of deception from the enemy. So if the gumbo was made wrong the first time, it's nothing wrong with starting over. Maybe I need to go back and start worshiping more than I do anything else. Oh, don't tell me you don't have time to worship because you're on Facebook. You, 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 you're, on, you're on all of the, the that chap and the TikTok. Don't tell me. I, I had a person at my church tell me, I don't have time, Pastor. To, no, you will spend 30 minutes on Messbook trying to figure out other people's life. 
you don't tell me you don't have time. Intimacy is where David got the ingredients to be successful and we learned from him that there was times where David said things like, as a deer pants for water, my soul pants for thee. God was building him in the cave. God was building him when someone was trying to take his life. God built him in a place where nobody else can. Can I tell you, what cave have you been in your life that you came out stronger? That you went in weak but came out stronger? Uh, Can I talk to any single mamas in here who had men walk out on them and left them to deal with the babies while they went jollivanting around the city? Can I talk to men who didn't have a dad in their life trying to figure things out? But it was intimacy when we began to put ourselves in position to hear from God. Is this okay, everybody? Now, Now watch this. David, he knew something and he understood that if I can just get my time with God in the quiet place, God would answer me. I mentioned about my beautiful 17-year-old daughter and going through COVID. People are taking vacations, and I recommend that you go take vacations. I recommend that you enjoy some time. We've been locked in, uh, locked up. We've been, amen, we've been covert right? Can't, yeah, can't do nothing, right? And people, the sun is out. You know, we're ready to go, and, you know, you know. And in COVID, we went through some of the hardest times in our life dealing with my beautiful daughter. And you're probably going to see her today. She woke up one day and said, I'm just going to be a thug. I'm just going to be just going gangster. Just. She went from being very loving to straight gangster all in one night. How does that happen? <laughs> just Anybody give me some tips, right? Teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in all those moments of going through that, God developed my prayer life more than any time in my walk with him. I finally had an issue that I couldn't fix. And to all of my fixers, to all of my problem solvers, call me, write a check, I'll give it to you. To all of my Mr. Fixers, there are problems that can come in your life that your check, ooh, that your phone call can't fix. I had to go back in the cave and get back in my root system where God began to say, I'm going to show you how to overcome this. You can't fight flesh with flesh. You got to fight this in the spirit. So we begin to warfare and war just so we can understand just the, the attack that is on this generation's life. Amen. A real place for being my wife. We're still going through that transition right now of recovery but intimacy got me out. And this is, this is, I know you want me to move on, but I'm going to move on. But watch this. I can't tell you the importance of us having a relationship with prayer. I talked to married councils, married people across Louisiana, Lafayette, and I said, hey, have you, when the last time you prayed with your wife? When the last time you prayed with your husband? When the last time, I know you go to church together, but when the last time you took his hand or he took your hand and you all prayed together? When the last time you got on your knees and say, if Jesus don't fix this, we in trouble. Okay, can I talk to somebody, a real church, like for real, like David, wait, 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 wait. Maybe you disrespecting David's life. David had a man trying to kill him. He had armies coming after him. David had people trying to to destroy him, but he he didn't fight the weapon by getting more guns. 
Okay, here we go. I got to go. So I, a friend of mine I play golf with, yeah, and he's like, man, we got to take our country back, DK. Are you with us? I'm like, yeah, bro. What we going to do? He said, man, I got this website. And man, I, I, got, a, I got an AKA. I got, a, I got automatic. I got weapons. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? I said, well, you get the guns. I'm going to get on my knees. And he looked at me and he said, well, I'm going to pray while I fight. I said, if, if you're going to fight, why pray? And, and, and can I tell you, church, that the way to fix the warfare in this earth is by us having a godly stand while praying, but not raging war against the flesh. And David, David, here's an example. I got to go. David could have killed Saul when he was sleeping, but he would have taken on the armor of the flesh, not the things of the spirit. And as you know, God took care of Saul. Let me go on, let me go on, let me go on. Watch this, watch this, let me get my other. Thank you, Pookie. Let me get my, get my other. Amen. Watch this, watch this, y'all. Let me get this right here. Amen, let me get this. This is, this, this plant here. Somebody say service. I'm, I'm almost done. Y'all everybody see that? Amen, glory to God. This is an awesome plant. This plant is anointed, I'm telling you. So here it is right here. Service, service. So David, David. David came out of the cave. David built his intimacy time with God. And then David served the very thing that tried to kill him. Oh, gosh. Watch this. He, he, he served the very thing that was trying to kill him. See, when we serve, the Bible says that we serve wholeheartedly unto God, not unto man. So David know his service was to God. I'm peeping a prophetic interruption here that oftentimes when we serve, we serve looking at people when we should be looking at God. And can I talk to all my beautiful brothers in the parking lot who greeted me this morning, when I see them in the parking lot, I don't see a less than, I see a greater than. Watch this. And when God called me to preach, what's your name, what's your name? Mike, Mike, something special on you. Watch this, watch this. When God called me to preach, he, he said, he said to me, I said, I said, ma'am, I, I want to preach the word. She said, meet me at 10 o'clock. I was like, okay, yeah, but church started at 11. She said, no, meet me at 10. You're going to preach, baby. You're going to preach. And I walked there and I met her at 10 o'clock and she came out there with a broom. She said, you see this, 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 this cafeteria? Sweep and preach to all them chairs. I looked at her like she had lost her mind. I said, the devil got in you, baby. I said, I want to, you know how many sermons I preached in the mirror before? But God said, if you want to serve, forget the mic. Start in the cafeteria. And I preached some of my best sermons while sweeping the cafeteria. And I learned that the true essence of God's kingdom is not what I do on this, this platform, but it's what I do when nobody else is looking. Jesus said, well, well, watch this. He said, I, I come into this world, watch this, not to be served, but to serve. Listen, when you love Jesus, you embrace his lifestyle to serve. Well, what's wrong with the world, y'all? The world of the world, what's wrong? The world 
in the church world, this is where God is coming first. He's not coming to the clubs. He's not going to where the crack at. He's calling at the church first because we have a problem in the church is that we don't serve one another. We only serve you we can get something from you. We only serve, it's predicated on what your title is. It's predicated on all the, can I tell you, you don't have to play kissy kissy to nobody when you're serving the right one because you know he holds the favor in his hand. I, I, I have the pleasure to be around one of the greatest general in my mind, Pastor Jacob, one of the greatest influencers, greatest man, and, and, and you know, and oftentimes he called me, he said, I'm just checking on you, man of God, I haven't heard from you. And I, and I said, Pastor, I'm still praying, I'm still praying, and I'm praying for you. And I realized what got him in my life is not the message I preach, but the service that I took. Truth. And can I tell you, serving God will bring the right favor in your life. But we gotta change who we're looking at. You serve God, not man. Can I talk to any tithers in the house, any potential tithers who say, I don't wanna give that church my money. I don't wanna, I don't don't wanna, I mean, what I'm gonna give it to the church for? Can I tell you, your tithe is an act of service and worship. How are you gonna pray with me to believe to take the city but won't sow a seed to help me win the city? Ooh, God, some of y'all got quiet up in here. (laughs) God understood something. David understood that serving God is a lifestyle, not a Sunday act. Peter, in in John 13, I'm getting ready to get out of here, John 13, verse 6, Peter had the audacity to disrespect Jesus. No, for real, like, you've seen this man walk on water, the greatest fish fry in human history, right? You've seen this man control the elements, the storms. You've seen this man do great things, and this man told him in John 13, watch this, verse 6, Peter, he says, Peter told Jesus, you are not going to wash my feet. Jesus answered him, he said, listen, if I can't wash your feet, you can't take part of, can't, can't take part with me in the heavenly places. Peter painted a picture of God that threw his whole team, his theme off, his revelation of who Jesus is. You're the Messiah. The same Peter that said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That, that Peter, that Peter, the same Peter that said Satan, Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you like reap. That Peter who denied him three times, that Peter said, hold on, you too good to wash my feet. In other words, Jesus said, you missing why I came into the earth, Peter. I've been preaching to you, I've been preaching for you, preaching around you, serving, healing, and you miss the reason why I'm here? Let me wash your feet. Jesus displayed the greatest act of humility by washing the feet of another person. In 2021, if I say, hey, you know, we say, hey, next Sunday, we having a foot washing service. Not many going to show up. Because in your mind, you said, I seen some of them toes in our church, Pastor. <laughs> like, 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 Brother Cool got that foot, that toe, that kind of, I ain't touching that. That's not a, that's a claw, Pastor. That's a claw, Pastor. Okay, come on. <laughs> Jesus understood that if Peter got this, 
He got the whole message of the kingdom. He had to build Peter's and David's root system in service. So number one, I have intimacy with God, and the first thing I do is love God and love people. How? I serve them. Can I tell you, this church is getting ready to be wall to wall every single Sunday, every single service. If you get this kingdom principle, you will never drive when you call alone on a Sunday. You will pick people up. You invite friends. You begin to, if you really, when you really get this, you, you can't wait to get to church on Sunday or on Tuesday or on Wednesday. You, when, you, when you get this principle that I am to serve my neighbor, this, the world will know that you are my disciple by the love, a.k.a. the service that you show to one another. The story of service has to be in our, our root system to understand this is how God wants us to be blessed and to bless others. Somebody say service. And here's the question in your mind, when the last time you did something for somebody that cost you something? Ah, I remember, and I got to go, I'm running out of time. I remember I, I was learning to, learning to tie, and I, I just got a job in the oil field, and I had one of them fat oil field checks. Anybody can bear witness of a fat oil field check? No, never mind, all you got. Okay, I got one person in the back, Amen. <laughs> I had one of them big old checks, so I was happy. Yeah, I'm a baller, I'm a baller, Whoa, I'm a baller. And my pastor just did a sermon on generosity. And I was calculating in my mind what my tithes would be. And I wrote the check, but I was nervous and I was mad in my mind. He gonna buy, he gonna go buy, he gonna go fishing. He gonna, in my mind, I wrote the check. And the check was so big that when I gave it, I watched the check all the way from the bucket all the way to the back, I watched the check. I'm like. My wife said, what are you doing? If you give it that way, keep it. And I snapped out of it. I snapped out of it. I'm like, man, that's, God, God wants to trust you. And then I'm later at a, at a conference, and a preacher was speaking, and the Lord said, go write him a check for $1,000. I'm like, God, I don't even have $1,000. He said, write the check anyway. Write the check. So I go to the preacher speaking, I write him a check for $1,000 and give it to him. And I say, hey, you may want to hold this for a couple of days, bro. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I was like, you may want to hold. He said, he said, why? I said, I don't know. You may want to just hold that. <laughs> Monday morning, I woke up. It wasn't Chase Bank. I think it was Bank One. I'm not sure what it was. It was I, I had, I had a, a strange deposit in my account from, from some money that was not given to me through some taxes for, for $2,000 in my account. And I'm like, man, God, you know, I, you know God, and, and I start telling God in my mind, you know, I really wasn't doubting you about that, God. Yeah, yeah I, I knew you was gonna come through. He was testing my ability to have intimacy and service. Because my service was, I can open the door, but I couldn't give anything. Oh, I'm not, I'm not picking on nobody. I'm telling you what's stopping the kingdom from having major generosity and planting other churches around the city. It takes us having service, intimacy, and generosity to fulfill the vision of God all across the city. You don't complain about all the nightclubs and liquor stores, but when we open up a church, that's another church again. It's a money grab. Oh, you're missing the essence of the kingdom. Am I in this house or somebody else's house? Okay, all right, let, let me go. This last one, last one. I got to go. I got, I got 11 minutes to change your mind because some of y'all want to fight me already, right? <laughs> Somebody say community. community. We all we need. We all we need. We all we got. Watch this, watch this. I got to go. Watch this, I got to go. Praise God. 
community in John 17. And I want you to see this on the screen. When fish swim alone. John 17, John 15, I'm going to expound on the essence of Christianity grows in community. Somebody say, when fish swim alone. (laughs) In the Western culture, we miss the essence of community and family. I was reading some books, and I, I do recommend reading. It's very important to understand how we in this culture differ from other cultures in Christianity. They walk oftentimes 25 miles to church, and church is not reduced to an hour and 10 minutes. They spend all day in church and then walk back happily. Church is the premier accolade of the week. They don't have chairs in churches. AC, they stand up in other cultures. Imagine stand up for a six-hour service. They stand up in great anticipation of God's movement. And in this culture, it's more individualistic. We think of ourselves more than we think of us. We have the, the themes of self-made millionaire. We love self because self indicates that I did it on my own. Self promotes oneness. It promotes, it promotes otherness, not oneness. It, it promotes me making it. I made it on my own because the ability to have something to prove plagues Americans. We got to be the best at everything. Nothing wrong with that. I encourage you to strive for that. But when it comes down to community, it's all about us. Jesus prayed a prayer in John 15. Jesus began to talk about the importance. He told his father in John 15 and 17, he says, let them be one as we are one. Talking about his relationship with God before he came down to heaven. So I had a crazy revelation from a book that I read that just changed my mind about fish, right? And so in this particular story, this gentleman got a whole bunch of fish. He was bored sitting in his office and he said, I need something to liven up the place, you know. I need, I need something to be live. I'm like live up the place. So he decided to go out and get some fish. So he bought two big fish and he put them inside of his aquarium and all the fish did was just go left and right. They were boring and he's like, man, these fish are whack. They ain't got no drip on them. Never mind. For the younger generation. So he went back and he said, let me get something that's more beautiful. The guy said, I know what you need. He said, here's a, here's a little spool of fish. They're about 12. You put them together in the aquarium and when they swim together, it's a beautiful harmony. He said, that's what I need right there. I need that in that tank. He said, what about the two big fish? He said, nah, they ain't going to bother them. Just put them in the aquarium. So he dropped them fish in the aquarium, and man, those fish were swimming. Is that how, what's, what's wrong with y'all? That's a chicken? Okay. Uh, security, security, security. <laughs> I am security, sir. So the fish were swimming together. He said, this is nice. And they would, they would move all in sequence together when fish swim together, it's beautiful. He said, this is what I need. So, He left the office and came back the next day, and he noticed out of the 12 fish, one fish 
separated from the pack. And he was just, or she, whatever she is, he, she, fish, was just doing his own thing, traveling around the, the, the aquarium, exploring new horizons. The grass was greener away from the family of community. He said, that's interesting. This fish is swimming alone. Somebody said, swim alone. And he noticed that this fish was coming a lot closer to the other fish, the, the bigger fish. And then within 30 minutes, he looked at his fish. He said, man, I knew I had 12. Now I got 11. And while watching this, another fish got free from the pack and started swimming along. And then next thing you know, that fish went down to 10, to 9, to 8, 7, 6, until there was no more fish left. Somebody say isolation is a killer. As long as they stayed within community, as long as they swam together, they were a bigger, a bigger, they were bigger than the target or the enemy that was out to get them. But, but as soon as they decided to do their own thing, this church is not for me, it's for the bird. And so I can do just me and Jesus in this culture is what we say. All I need is Jesus. No, Jesus needed community. The Bible says he spun time with them. He ate with them, slept with them. They laid on his chest. Jesus was all about the people that he ran with. And the Bible parked paws and peeps at his life and said that was a moment when he went away to pray and be alone, but he always got back to community. Why? We all we need. And then what happened, as you know, the enemy seen the fish swimming along and became a weaker target. So one thing about this message that's so important is that when you have intimacy and service and community, we are a powerful force against the enemy. If I tell you to go slap the enemy, nobody would slap him like this. Well, some of you would. Amen. See me at the altar. Amen. <laughs> hey, nobody going to slap nobody like this. Amen. No. If you really want to do damage to somebody, somebody say, this is otherness. But if you really want to make an impact, then what you do is, when you're really mad about it, you ball your fists. And then when you begin to strike the enemy, you do it with the unity and harmony of all these five fingers together. And you can strike the enemy with a great blow. Because this is unity, this is otherness. And as long as we're together, we can throw a major punch at the weapons that the enemy throws at us. And we can have now a greater, a, a greater tearing down of Satan's kingdom because we have community and not otherness. Otherness, woo, I gotta go. Otherness is when you see that person in my church, anybody sitting by themselves, it's a chance that they're in danger. So my ushers go to them immediately, sit next to them, ask them their name, invite them out to dinner. One of the ways that you can find if your staff is being disconnected is because they never come around community. I always got an excuse why I can't make the meeting. Chances are they're being hunted by the bigger fish. So in community, it's important to understand we have to all stay together. And what has happened in the church? The church has developed my vision, my theology, the way we sing and the way we worship. It created otherness instead of oneness. In John 15, I'm ready to close. 
Amen. And today, my message was to pray that you guys get this message or this word inside of your soul so that you guys can begin to bloom. How, pastor? Intimacy, service, community. Why, pastor? We all we need. And when we get that mindset working, we can do great things for the kingdom of God. And today, listen, I got to go. I, I, I just want to pray. And as you stand to your feet, that, that this hits you differently. Because we can't have pastors who preach messages about fighting, fight club, spiritual warfare. You have, in my opinion, one of the coolest pastors that I know, young. Yeah, yeah. His wife is vibrant, ready to run with the vision. You have a staff that I'm impressed with. <laughs> and, and I've been to all the campuses. This is like, I'm like, man, I may just, amen, get me a tent and just hang out. You guys. <laughs> Why? Community. But all heads bow in the church, all heads bow. But Father, we thank you for this message today. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for your family. And God, I'm asking today that if any person under the sound of my voice in any of these areas needs to be rerooted again, we thank you that is root before fruit. And God, on this day, I'm asking that you would begin to break out a revival, break out a stirring for intimacy and service and community. Thank you, God, for the life of David. Thank you, God, for all the things that you have revealed to us through Scripture. Now, God, a message is nothing if we don't apply it in our heart. And I'm asking that this word was so into the hearts of every person here today. Forgive us, God, for wanting to do things on our own. God, build community. Build relationships. Build your movement. And God, I begin, I pray that we right now just bind the enemy of confusion and division. God, break the cycle of flesh and give us a heart of worship. Lord, I'm asking this today. If any person here under the sound of my voice have not joined the family of God, that today is their day to say yes to God, yes to this family here in Jennings, and yes to greater things. Father, I thank you. And I give you all the glory and the honor for you made no mistake by echoing this word today. And Lord, let us receive it with gladness. Let us say not with a good sermon, not with a good teacher, but what a good God we have. Let this word rule, rest, and abide in us. We give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. If you love him, shout amen. amen.